The following episode was recorded live on YouTube for Adulting.TV Live. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at Adulting.TV. Welcome to Adulting.TV. I'm Harlan Landis. I'm here with Miranda Markwit as usual. And our guest today is Emma Johnson. Emma, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I didn't answer your question. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the ultimate like guest thing? I'm not going to answer the question you ask. I'm going to answer the question that I want to answer. <laughs> Control the message. That's usually how it works. It's very, very, it's you, you, you'll make a perfect politician. Yeah, it's like very Kellyanne Conway of me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so uh, you write for single moms. Tell us and the audience a little bit about your story as a single mom. Yeah, so I was a married mom and I was married to a nice guy. And the bigger backstory was that I was raised by a single mom. And, you know, it was my mom did a good job. She's a professional woman. and But we were always like really broke. And it just seemed like it was a very stressful it was a very stressful experience. It was my experience. And I'm here to tell you that it was stressful. And yeah, as we all do, I said I was going to grow up and do better than my parents did. And I was going to be married because that was the best way to raise children. And, um, and then I got divorced. I became a single mom and what the hell. And it was a horrible experience <laughs> at the onset of it. I'm here to say uh, my story, my story is a, a little bit of an outlier. It was my husband had a accident, like this freak accident, had brain injury and really destabilized and was having babies in the middle of this really bad family situation. And it was very clear that even though he was making the money and he had a high paying job and these great benefits that I, it was going to be on me because he just was unwell and wasn't going to be able to have a big job. And that he kept his job, uh, the grace of his employer for a long time, for like about a year, I would say after we split up. But I just knew, like I knew that this was all going to be on me. And I can say now in hindsight, that was really a blessing in many ways because they're just, it took all the moralizing out of the financial situation. And when it ends up happening a lot of times when there's two able-bodied parents, there's a lot of bickering and fighting and malicious fighting sometimes about money. If there's alimony and child support and divvying up the cost of the children and the time, because time is money and it becomes a very loaded situation. And my divorce was not easy. And, you know, it's, we're, we're in a great place now, but it's, it's, I want to pretend like it's rosy. It's hard process. But the fact that I was just going to be on my own financially was very clear much to fight about. And I am so grateful for that because it really like lit the fire under my butt to go and earn and achieve, you know, because he doesn't participate financially and it's not his fault and I can do it. And I do. That's my story. So I've always been a writer my whole career. I was a financial journalist for a long time. I used to work at newspapers back in the day. And then on top of my freelance writing business, I started this blog kind of like on a whim. I didn't have any vision for monetizing it. It was just kind of like a passion project, I guess. It was called Wealthy Single Mommy. And it is to this day, wealthysinglemommy.com. And I thought I was right about money and women and single motherhood and gender politics. And I don't know. So, and I ended up just writing so personally on there and really 
digging into this whole thing of single motherhood, but then I started to see a clearer business model there. And fast forward five years, last two years, I haven't really done any journalism. I just did the single mom thing. My income is like quadruples in the last couple of years. And now I have this book, which, oh, what is this right here? Oh, it's called The Kick-Ass Single Mom. And it's right here and it's out on Tuesday. And I'm giving away, if you buy it now, oh, let me guess, I have a, a giveaway and I can tell you all about that. So if you buy it and forward your receipt to Kick-Ass Single Mom Book, Kick-Ass Single Mom Book at Gmail, you will get access to all of my courses. I have three courses and the total value is 545 bucks for all three. One's on dating and two are on money and they will change your life. <laughs> all right. So you really do have that fire. <laughs> You said oh, I haven't even turned it on yet. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, honestly, no, I have to say, though, I met you, Emma, for the first time in New York City two years ago, and you were there too, Harlan, actually. And the first time I met you in person, Emma, was just after, like literally a week after my husband asked for a divorce. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and we were waiting to go on and be on this panel in New York, and Harlan was there, and there was another lady there, and... And you just like, were so great. You took me aside and you talked to me and you're just like, this is going to suck. And it's going to suck hard <laughs> for a while, but you're going to get through it and you're going to be so much better than you were before. And I remember that and just how helpful those words were to me, like going through the whole thing. And much like you, you know, like my ex and I are in a good place. I take my son there twice a year and we stay with him for two or three weeks at a time. And, you know, we do Christmas together and we had our first family vacation after we were divorced. And, yeah, you know, that's cool. That kind of stuff. But I do, I, I do remember like you being there and being like, this is going to suck. And you like didn't pull it in. And the thing I love about you and that I'm just like, I, I'm sorry, but like when I get this book and I read it, I'm going to be reading it in your voice. But um, Or you can listen to the audio book that is literally in my voice. Awesome. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I just, I do, I do remember that. And I remember that it, you didn't pull any punch and you're like, this is going to suck. It's going to be an absolute night. You know, you were mm-hmm. very straightforward about it. And then she's, and then you were like, but you can do this and you're going to be better than ever. And so I just really love that idea of it because it really is empowering to be able to say, okay, this is crappy, but I can get through it. And uh, it's yeah. life and women do millions of tens of millions of women do it all the time. And divorce, I mean, yeah, I'm divorced, you're divorced, but you know, it's interesting. Single motherhood, it's going to be the majority of families in this country mm-hmm. in a minute. Today, uh, 64% of millennial moms report having at least one kid outside of marriage, and marriage rates are at a record low. Divorce rate the same for 40, 50 years now. So the idea of this nuclear family or even divorce family, like the single mom by product of divorce is almost like, I feel like I'm an old fuddy duddy. Cause I like that's old fashioned quaint now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. And, and the other thing, sorry, Harlan, we're just going to shove you out of this right, <laughs> right that's away. Okay. But, but the other thing that I've kind of noticed too, on your Facebook group, one of the things that I love about this is it's, you're very empowering toward women, very empowering. Like, here's how you take charge of your finances. Here's how you get through this terrible situation that destroys so many people's finances. But the other thing I love about it is you're empowering women, but you're not doing it at the expense of men. You don't allow, no, we love don't that. allow no. yes, we, we don't allow male bashing in no. your group, which I love. Because you, empowering women doesn't mean bashing other people. 
Well, empowering women means that you take responsibility for your own life and you can't be blaming anybody else for whatever situation you're in. And, uh, and what do you, I mean, like, why is that acceptable to bash half of the human race? Like you can't do that. That's not acceptable. Like we're at, I, oh, yeah, I sure. think really where my, well, I mean, there's like two things going on. Like one, there's, you know, my personal story and then my personal work, but really my business has taken a very strong activist turn. And I think it always did. It's just become much more intense in the last couple of years. And frankly, after the election, I was like, where am I the biggest impact in this world that where I can, you know, align my efforts with my values. And it's through my work and it's through my work with the gender equality. And I happen to be focused on this subset, this single mom niche, but it's a huge niche. I mean, it is huge in the United States and globally, many circles in this country, it's not okay to bash a certain race or a religion, but somehow even in those circles, it's okay to bash men. And I just find that completely abhorrent, unacceptable. So when you're talking about empowering women and, and, and everything, what are some of the things that you can do, especially I was in a fortunate position when I was divorced, I was moving across the country with my teenage son. I have resources, you know, like you, I have my own business, I have a good income. And so the divorce did not destroy my finances. How can women who are facing a harder situation financially start to dig themselves out and kind of start feeling what they need to, to feel empowered to go ahead and move forward and improve their finances? Right. I mean, the first thing is like, you have to create a lifestyle that is within the money that is coming in and that you have today. And if you're going through breakup or divorce or pregnant outside, you know, outside of whatever the situation is, there is a tendency to try to maintain a different lifestyle. Maybe the lifestyle you enjoyed during a relationship or that your peers at work have, or it doesn't really matter. It does not matter what other people are doing. It does not matter what your life was like last week. What is the money that is coming in now? You're not entitled to anything other than what those numbers say you are, can afford. So it is, and it might mean downsizing. I've met in, in my book. Oh, what's this right here? Oh, my book. In the book, I profile a lot of women and they're like, you know what? I was living in this like six bedroom Tudor house that my ex-husband then bought for me, you know, afterwards. And I moved into a three bedroom condo or a two bedroom apartment that has one bathroom I'm sharing with four kids. And at first I was like, I didn't think I could make it, but she's like, we ended up loving it. My new neighborhood was awesome and it was mine and I paid for it myself. And, and I, even later when I could afford something else, I stayed in that house because we loved it. You know, women, it's like, just because you're used to a certain lifestyle does not mean that like a three bedroom condo is like, you know, you can just live because that is the real, that is real power. You're not in control if you're stressing out every month whether or not you're going to keep the lights on or if you have money to fix your car if it breaks down. That's not power, even if you're driving a Lexus. What is power is being able to be at peace with your money, be in control of your money, which means you're in control of your life. So that's the first thing. And then I'm very big advocate for women being truly financially independent Alimony has no place in our contemporary society. Women have as many rights and earning power as men do. And it is not anybody's job to maintain our lifestyle. If you want a lifestyle, then you can go out and earn it. And when you take alimony, you are dependent on a man. And I do not want women to be choosing to be dependent on men. Because that is, I mean, we know this is a fact. Third of women in the United States will be victims of demands of a romantic partner. A third. 
And in 100% of those cases, financial abuse is part of the equation. So that's a third where there's physical violence. What about two thirds of women that are not making full autonomous decisions because they can't afford to, because they're in a relationship where they don't have financial autonomy. So we have to stem that. And I think the divorce courts and our, our co-parenting situations can really be changing gender equality in this country. And I, that was go on and extend to child support. Um, one of my big, big passions is shared parenting where both parents are presumed to be equal parents and they need to be sharing time equitably. Men, again, we can't say that women are equals and demand equal rights in the boardroom, in the workplace, and in Washington if we are not accepting and assuming that men are equal parents. We are all equal in both realms. And we cannot have equality in the workplace if we do not have equality at home, whether we're inside of a relationship or outside of a relationship. So if everybody's sharing the parenting, why is one person paying the other one for the house? Like that doesn't make sense. You do, you divide up the cost of the sports and the childcare and the health insurance, but you don't divide up the living expenses because the kids are at equal places. Yeah, I'm at different places. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like I like that approach because I think you know a lot of the time we focus a lot on the negative impacts the way our society is set up and the negative impacts they have on women. They are definitely there, but there are also negative impacts on men, particularly men who would like to have more time with their families and more time with their children. And a lot of the men that I know personally that have children are great fathers and they love spending time with their kids and they purposely choose fields where they don't have to work that expected 70 hour you know week where they're not going to be ridiculed because they want to leave early and go you know a lot of them are choosing a lifestyle path that allows them to actually do that equal parenting thing. Um, and I think until our society kind of changes the way we view this sort of you know labor, I guess, <laughs> you know those effects are just as devastating for many men who would like to have a different lifestyle but feel pressured by the way everything is set up to to not. Well, it's a complicated issue, for true. I mean, there's there's a big movement yeah. underway. There's legislation introduced in, I think it's 28 states now where shared parenting is the presumption. And the bottom line is there's 55 peer-reviewed articles that show that shared parenting where each kid is with both parents approximately equal time that is best for the kids, even in high conflict situations. That is what is best for kids. There's nothing to the contrary except that. And it's good for moms. It's good for dads. It's good. And the thing is, it's like you're, you focus on dads want that. Dads get visits with your kids. They're your kids. It's your responsibility. It's everybody's 50% responsibility to get those kids out the door and into the world. Really for, falls on women. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the the connection was frozen, so I wasn't sure if you had stopped or not. I was wondering, though, how can you speak to a co-parent who may not be on the same page and uh, not interested in taking the responsibility that is best for the kids? It's tough because we are in this time of such transition where we like the standard issue assumption about men is that they're these bumbling like Bart Simpson dads. It's, you know, chicken and egg situation. And the courts are 80% of the time, despite all this really positive change that I just outlined, still to this day, in 80% of the time, you take a, a custody issue to the courts, 80% of the time it's going to fall in favor of the mother who will be primary custodian. So the courts, as typically happens, are lagging behind science and culture and common sense. 
I have a whole chapter in my book about it. And it is really about keeping the door open. I mean, I know firsthand a powerful thing and men who are been estranged from their kids, totally partially it, you know, if the mom can keep that door open and nurture that relationship. And I mean, like you're already doing more than your share probably. Right. And it's not your job. You know, you can make that. It's not your job to teach him how to be dad. It's not your job to encourage him. But you know what? The the benefits of that relationship are so beneficial to every single member of the family. And it it's about being patient. It's about being proactive. You can nurture the relationships around that, you know, keep the, the grandparents and the other extended family relationships alive. And then it's like, you know, it's about changing your attitude about it. There's so many women because culture tells us you're the mom you're, that you, your kids need you. You're the better parent because the kids were living inside your body. That's women. Women are better at that. And then we assume our responsibility and that plays into how we co-parent, whether we're married or separated or divorced. And it's like, give the guys some space. He, the kids, if the kids are with him and they're safe, he can parent however the hell he wants. He can give them McDonald's. Even if you would like to give them organic, raw vegetables, every meal, does not matter. He is an equal parent and it is, and that's the thing. I mean, that, that is really about being open. It's about uh, trusting him and engaging him and respecting him, no matter whether you agree with his parenting or not. So how about those instances where there is no father in the picture and maybe it's due to death or maybe it's due to their just having never been a father who was, you know, there. Does that change the picture for the single mom? It can. I mean, like there's the single mom by choice movement, which is, you know, the fastest growing movement. Widows, of course, there's always been widows. I mean, the situation is special and different. It's just very, very true. But the absentee father situation in this country, it's dire. I mean, 20 only in families where there's a, it's a separated family. The parents live separate from each other and the kids are living with the mom. And those families, which again, are huge and growing numbers, only 22% of the dads see their kids once a week or more. 22. So that's 70, whatever that is, 78% of kids, I would say, are absentee fathers. They're not intimately involved in their kids' lives. And going in and out once a month or, you know, on one hand, yeah, it keeps that connection alive. But let's think about this in terms of gender equality. That's providing no logistical or emotional support for the mom who is now burdened with really 100% of the care of that child. And we're never going to reach gender equality if men are stepping up, but women are not promoting shared parenting. That's where the activism is happening. It's happening inside of feminist women-led organizations, actually. What are some of the specific steps that a single mom can take to get her finances and to become financially independent, since that was something that you mentioned? Uh, financially independent. Well, it's really about creating, like, again, you know, a year I did, and for lots of reasons, it was available to me and I took it and I was broke and I took it. And my situations are very specific to my family and myself, but it's really the women that I see thriving in this phase of life are those that really build their own financial lives. And they're not expecting anybody to take care of them, much less a man they're not romantically involved with or out there seeking a new husband to take care of them. It is really, and part of that is really taking stock of how many how many benefits that we have today in 2017 as women. I mean, more than half of undergraduate students on college campuses are women. 
My mom could not get a credit card in her own name until 1973, and that was a national thing. 1973 couldn't get a freaking credit card. I mean, we have the, the rights and opportunities that we have as women today are so absolutely enormous. So it's really about, there's just, you know, it's not a specific step, but it really is taking stock of it means to be a woman today in the professional world and not assuming that just because you're a single mom and unmarried mom, and maybe you're shamed in your community. I mean, I'm here to tell you that there are basically no really awesome pop culture, single mom role models out there, right? It, 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 we are very lacking. So it's very understandable why so many women, myself included, enter this chapter of our lives and we're like, oh, of course I'm going to be broke. Like, of course. And everyone around and really defining for yourself, like what the show is going to be about. Yeah. I like this idea of, of defining for yourself, like what it's going to be about for you and really kind of owning that. And, you know, another thing I really, really like. So before you get to that point of, of owning it and trying to figure it out is you wrote something, oh gosh, about a year ago about, you know, taking a year to just do terrible things, sleep with the wrong people, yeah. let your kids eat junk food. <laughs> like, because I think that, you know, you have that grieving process to get through and you do have that time where you have to figure that out because, you know, there are many different ways to become a single mom. Um, and I'm speaking specifically of divorce. You, you really kind of are reimagining everything because until that point, yeah. you were Mrs. Whoever, even though I'm relatively independent, even though I do my own thing and I created my own brand. And if you Google Marquit, I come up way before my husband does, <laughs> my, my ex-husband <laughs> <Yeah>. does. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I've done more with this name than he has. And so... <laughs> So I've kept it. I've made it mine. But you know, trying to figure out who that is and who that, what kind of, you know, what that show is going to be is is a process that takes time, right? You, you can't just like, um, you know, I, I have a I have a friend who she's not a mom, but she went through a pretty horrific divorce. You know, after about six months, her family was like, "Well, what's wrong?" You know, just you know, well, it's been six months. It's over. Just move on and. You know, you should be yeah. ready to just flip that switch. And I don't think that that's how it works. I think you talked about giving yourself space and, you know, really letting yourself kind of go and figure this stuff out. Right. And I mean, that's right. And like, it, it's, you're probably, again, what we are kind of talking about divorce, but even if you're finding yourself single mom, I mean, all of a sudden, like you're a mom. I mean, I don't care how you become a mom in what situation, like that's a life changer, right? Like, that's like, who the hell am I? Like, my body used to belong to me and random dudes and now it belongs to this baby. Like what, what's going on? So, uh, <laughs> and yeah, but coming out of a big, big relationship, like maybe you haven't dated for people haven't dated for decades. Right. Or they, and the world has changed so quickly. Like our social have changed what we expect out of ourselves, our opportunities, everything has changed so much in the world that our lives have changed and then we're changing. Yeah. So to your point, like it's about giving ourselves permission to like go be bananas. I think the, the post that you're talking about is like, you have a one year pass to be a hot mess, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like sleep with all the wrong guys. Like just, yeah, you can drink too much for a year. Just don't drive and hopefully <laughs> not run the kids too much. Right. <laughs> you just don't be a mess. Like you're entitled for a little bit yeah. and then you got to get your act together and get down to business. In my case, I took two years. Thank you very much. I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally now just getting my shit together. <laughs> but I went ahead and, I went ahead and took two years. 
all right. <laughs> extended, extended pass. Well, you know, I mean, I didn't find out about the pass until I was about 10 months into my first year. So then I just sort of figured the clock could start again. <laughs> so what do you guys hear from like other people listening? Like what are their big challenges when it comes to like motherhood or parenthood or this, this kind of stage of life? Not being overwhelmed. I think, uh, I think everyone's overwhelmed already with life. And then, you know, suddenly perhaps they're a single mom now and the overwhelm is just too much. So maybe finding systems or tips or just things that they can do to just get a handle of their lives again. Yeah, it's it's like I'm all about in general for like everybody, myself included, like just simple living, like I live in a, you know, I live in a two bedroom apartment in New York and it's got its pros and cons having kids in here, but it's so easy. Like I don't have a basement. I don't have a garage pros and cons with that. But the upside is like, I can't accumulate junk if I wanted to. Like if you have a small home, that's less to clean and that's less overwhelming. That means you have less space to buy crap that you have to keep tidy, keep clean, pay for finance, whatever, just like honestly keeping a minimalist lifestyle. And I'm sure Harlan and Miranda, you guys can recommend all kinds of blogs and books to help people find that thing. But, um, that's and like now that my business has grown so much, I've made the conscious decision. Like I don't want a big staff or office space. I like just being in my little cozy home. See, I'm in my bedroom home. This is where I like to hang out. It's very comfortable for me. And I have like all these freelancers all over the place that are also entrepreneurs like me. I don't understand, like connect with employees. Like, who are you? You're a weirdo. You have a, like, I just don't get those folks. <laughs> so um, I like all these little hustling freelancers everywhere. We all work together really well. And it's awesome. So, okay. So the, back to the overwhelm. So yeah, simple lifestyle. And then money, it's always about money. Women are always super stressed out about money. And I trust me, I have been there. And I'm telling you, when you keep your finances very simple, you're not paying for like a rental storage unit or a fancy car. Like you have a practical car that you are paying off sooner than later. You automate all of your finances. You know how much you need to get make ends meet and you have some cushion. That is like aligning your life and your emotions and your mental space and your spirituality. It's like that everything starts right there. And then it's about the overwhelm. I really think it's important. There's a lot of science around this that creating networks, right? One of the biggest challenges I find with single moms is like is loneliness and social isolation. I mean, you don't have a romantic partner, at least. Well, I mean, I guess you technically could have had an affair and always had it and whatever. But most women feel romantically lonely at some part of this journey. You probably have a shift in your social support, you know, with, women find that their family's not supportive in a way that they'd hoped they need new friends in this new journey of life. It can be very lonely. So rebuilding those networks, I mean, everybody needs social networks and connections. That's one of the big signifiers of happiness in life. And it's for so many reasons, but for some mom, it's like practical. Like I, again, I have this wonderful community. I actually included my co-op in my acknowledgements in my book, because there are so many people in this building. It's one thing that there's like really nice, friendly people that are, you know, nice to chat. But like, then I, you know, I have these mom nightmares, like, ah, if I have to take my baby has meningitis to the hospital. And I, like I could just dump my kid with a neighbor. Like just, it's just that it's that peace of mind. Like just 
the other day, I was completely overwhelmed with work. I was overwhelmed. I thought my kids were going to their dads. We miscommunicated. I had a Sunday. I thought I was going to be working all day. And in fact, I had my kids all day. Called my neighbors downstairs. I'm like, take the kids. Took them for the whole day. My kids had a great time. They feel connected, more connected to these friends. I probably owe my friends a favor, which will further connect us. And it's just, and there's a lot of science around this and science specifically around single moms about how that's one of the big indicators of their kids not growing up to be totally fucked up is that they have social networks themselves and, um, and that the kids bond have deep connections with other adults in their lives, whether they're neighbors or grandparents or leaders in the community or whatever. How do you find some of that social support if, you know, perhaps you're not living in a city where you have so many people around you or you don't have family around or they're not supportive. How do you build yeah. uh, your social support? Really, I think can take some creativity and really keeping an open mind. Like you might assume that your old friends are going to be that support and it can be devastating when they're not. Or you look around at the school and it's like all these married moms are like June Cleavers and they're like, you can't connect. And you're like so disappointed and feel judged. And it turns into a negative experience because they might, you might perceive them as having it better or having a network of themselves at the PTO or whatever baloney they're doing. But it's like your network, like, you know, my neighbors downstairs or a couple that's 50 years older than me and childless, like who would have thought, or it just might, because guess what? Like you feel lonely and disconnected. There's people all over this world that feel lonely and disconnected. And it's, Maybe you find a new church to go to. Maybe you join a civic organization. Like you start going to the gym. People are everywhere and there's lonely, nice, good people that would love to be part of your family everywhere. One of the big things that I like to do, so just in terms of like managing my life, like I, I do, I, well, like you guys, I think I work at home alone. I have had a boyfriend for last year, but before that I didn't have a boyfriend for like a really long time. And I was like, okay, I work at home alone. And if I don't consciously choose to spend time with other adults, then I'm only going to be interacting with like a three and a five-year-old. And that is good for no one. So I'm like, I, cause that's just messed up. So I was like, I have to bake in social life, but like, I don't always like to go out during the week. You know, it's just like, I like to be home with my kids and it's expensive and annoying to go out in New York during the week. Anyway, so I start, I have dinner parties all the time and dinner parties does not have to be fancy. It can just mean that you like, I, I start having business, like doing business at my apartment. People love it. Love to cook. And I do have an, a comfortable apartment where I can do this. It does not matter. Order a pizza, ask the other people to bring wine, like warm something up, have a picnic in the backyard, whatever. It does not have to be fancy. I'm here to tell you. And also again, ask the other people to bring the thing. People love it. Cause you know, when I grew up and I know when my mom grew up, people just had each other over for dinner all the time. Like that's just what they did. That's lost a lot. That is the custom, but people so appreciate it. And I find again, my, my paradigm is living in New York city, but you go out, it's like the restaurants rush you out. I don't care how nice it is. It's always way too expensive. It's like, it's a stressful thing. Whereas you come to my house, we chill out. You can drink all you want. It's still affordable. And people, it's special because no one's doing it, even though it's actually way easier and cheaper for me than going out. Yeah, it's really a really great way to make connections with people. So uh, I think that's fantastic. I'd love to be able to do dinner parties in my apartment, and I probably can. It's just everybody lives, uh, you know, it's suburbs, so everybody is separated and everybody... uh, you know, a lot of my friends uh, are busy and have their own children. Well, you need new friends, Rowan. See, yeah. you need a new network. There's always room for I more. I do. I do. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
what has financial independence given you the opportunity to do that you wouldn't have, have had otherwise? Financial independent in that I don't have to work. You know, I definitely do have to work. Single motherhood suits me very well. And I did not choose this path. I landed here. And I think it's was serendipitous because this is kind of my jam. And I like that I am in control of my money. Like when I was married, we had plenty of money, but it was a constant source of conflict and control, you know, and it wasn't like an abusive situation, but it was just constant bickering, if not like yelling, fighting. And, you know, frankly, I was right in all those arguments that he was wrong. Because I didn't learn anything from my divorce. But it just gives me a lot of peace of mind. Like every morning I go into my mint.com account and I'm just like, oh, there's no money. Like Scrooge McDuck. I'm like, ooh, it's for the money. I love it. It's so good. It's all mine. I control. And it's just, and I'm, I'm, you know, I live a pretty modest life, but I do enjoy my money. Like this past year, I took my kids to Costa Rica for a couple of weeks. That was awesome. You know, I like every once in a while buy myself a nice piece of jewelry that, you know, because that's something I really enjoy. But honestly, and this was even before I was a single mom, like I, because I grew up really broke in my early 20s. I was a newspaper reporter, so I was always broke. And I remember I was, I don't think I was married yet, but we were living together. And I woke up really early one morning and I was like, oh, shit, it's the first of the month. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't have to worry about the rent check clearing because there's plenty of money in the account. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the benefit of having money. It's yeah. like, yeah, I enjoy nice things and you know, all the things that are great about money, the security, the control, all this is about not stressing. It's a lack of anxiety around money that to me has, I always remember that feeling that first, that was like the first time in my life for like a fleeting second, I didn't worry about money. That's what I want women to feel. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that that's one of the really important things to get to that point, because so many of us are kind of raised to feel like that pressure is there, whether we're single or not. And uh, I really like how you talk about, you know, being able to do the things you want to do with that money and being a single mom kind of fits you. And it really, I agree. It fits me too. Yeah. A lot of women are like, you freak out, you like one or in some cases, Miranda, two years of being a hot mess and then you're like, two years. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were married for a long time, if I remember. So we'll give you like like 13 and a half years. You got to spread your wings. But yeah. And then it's like, you're just like, I don't know. Like, I love dating this. I have such a sweet, great boyfriend right now. And yeah, I like it. Like I like having my own physical in my apartment. I like having my money, my time to myself. You know, I like sleeping with him, but sometimes I like to sleep by myself. You know, it's I don't know. It's nice. Yes. Preach, preach. Um, but um, you know, I just remember um, how great it felt, and not that I ever had a problem when I was married. Um, my ex is really great and, and everything, and. But the first time, like when I when I moved here and I was buying stuff for the house. And um, because I I needed all new furniture because, first of all, when we moved across the country, we left 75% of our stuff behind. And then I had to move back across the country after the divorce and left even more stuff behind. So, but, but I did, I felt like I was like, oh, 
I get to make this decision. I don't have to see, mm-hmm. I, like, we don't have to compromise on the type of chair that we get. We don't have to compromise on the color schemes and we don't have to compromise on any of this stuff because I can just get what I'm getting. And it was just very freeing to like realize that, Hey, this is my money and I am going to buy what I want. So yeah, yeah it is. And it's, and then it's like in parenting decisions too. I mean, like, you know, thankfully my ex and I are, you know, like we're politically aligned and we're mostly for the most part, we want the same things for the kids. I mean, there's still things to negotiate, but just the day to day, like does the kid get sent to her room for talking back and, or, you know, like all that, when I was married, man, all that stuff was a constant, like, it's like raising a snotty kid isn't challenging enough. Like, what do you do when you then are butting heads with your spouse and all that is like that to remove. Now I'm just left at the kid. <laughs> The annoying kid. <laughs> yeah. And you know, look, I, in my work, I never suggest that single motherhood is better or like, is this some kind of Shangri-La that we're running over here? Oh, but I think what you and I are both, no, but I think what you and I are both saying, it's just, it's like a lifestyle choice. I mean, yeah. look, there's no reason you and I can't go out and get married tomorrow if we really wanted to, Miranda. We are oh, yeah. on the market. <laughs> For but, real, <laughs> for, for the reals. But I, I've had but, more than one offer since I've been divorced. <laughs> I, I can't say that I have. But it's you know, like we can all getting married is not an accomplishment. Like that is just like that is not an accomplishment. But I think really thriving and you find yourself in by choice or not. I mean that takes some doing, and I don't know. I just I. I find a lot of women like you and me that were like, you know, this is, this is cool for now. And I might feel differently. And I appreciate that when my kids are older, I'm older, like my, my needs, my worries, my life will be very different. And I might reassess that. But as it stands now, I'm, I'm jamming how things are. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point you make that it's not a case of like one thing being better than the other. It's more of a case of what is going to work for you where you're at in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, being able to reassess that, you know, there's no reason to get in a big fight over this. And I know women that love being married and they love having, you know, the kids and they love having the husband and they love having all of that stuff around. I know another woman who loves having, um, they're not married, but they've got a, you know, they've got a child together. They love living together. They love doing all of this stuff. So I I just really do. I I think that there is that we have out there. And for so long in society, we've been kind of narrowly pushed toward one type of arrangement that may not be best for everybody. But it's also like, I just feel like, I think I've always kind of lived a pretty bold life. Like when I was younger, I lived all over the world and kind of do some kind of crazy stuff. And it's like, I just want to have as many experiences as I can in this world. I don't know if that's so true. I mean, I'm pretty modest, normal homebody now, but, but it's like, I've, I've been a married mom and I've also been a divorced mom. I've had those experiences. So when women are like, I love being married, my husband's best in the whole world. And they put it all over Facebook. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. Like that's been your experience. What, like what, I think there is a, a proportional inversion line between like how much you love your spouse on Facebook and how f- your home life is. But I digress, but it's just another life experience. It's just, you know, and parts of it are hard and parts of it are joyful. Why don't you share, Emma, exactly how people can get in touch with you or find you online and certainly buy your book? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ground Zero is WealthySingleMommy.com. 
then I have a podcast that's called Like a Mother on iTunes and Stitcher and all those great places. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, Harlan, you helped me get this off the ground with your awesome advice. I have what I call the Kick-Ass Single Mom Grant. And so every month I give away a thousand dollars and it supports, it doesn't support anybody. It's a gift to a woman who's doing incredible things in the world, a single mom. It's my money. I don't have a 501c3. This is just me wanting to support a really cool woman. And I have a woman that started a global gender equality certification program, this woman who is homeless. And then now she just put herself through culinary school and is launching a bottled hot sauce product women that start nonprofits in their communities, all just start cool businesses that I think are awesome. And it's one part that, yes, it's cool to give the money and support something that's awesome. But then the real value is she comes on my podcast. Some women don't have any media experience. So I help them, you know, tell their story, which I think is very powerful for women to tell their stories out loud and publicly in that format. And then it's shared. And then we, that is part of how that is part of my activism is that sharing the narrative about who a single mom is, because it's usually that she's recipient, like she's getting child support, she's getting public assistance, people are helping her because she can't make it. Now, these are women that are doing their thing. And it's about inspiring other people to go and do their thing. All right. So that's my kick ass single mom grant. I'm always looking for applicants, all women. They've all been in the US. They don't have to be. I've been doing it since I think February. We got six or seven or eight of them now. Okay. Now I have my book right here. Bam. Kick a single mom, and it is on all the retailers Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart. Your independence come Tuesday. It will be in physical stores Tuesday, October 17th. And for the next bunch of days, if you want to go buy this online and then email your receipt to kick a single mom book at gmail.com, kick a single mom book at gmail you will get access to all my courses. And I have two courses on money and one on dating. Their total value is $545 and you just get lifetime access to them because I want you to have them. So uh, wealthysinglemommy.com, all the information is there. And then we talked about, Miranda, you mentioned my group on Facebook, which I love your feedback on that. I love it. It's so active. There's 10,000 moms in there. It's called Millionaire Single Moms. And all women, all moms, now women, you have to, they bet my admins vet you. Like if you are a miserably married mom, you're out. Like, sorry, you're not in the club. So, <laughs> but you single moms and it's just a positive place. And we talk about business. We talk about money, parenting, dating, sex, and it's fun. I think it's fun. There's some just amazing checks in there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know that's amazing work that you're doing with the grant. I'm glad that's uh, been very successful for you. Uh, So thanks for being on the show, Emma. I think this was really enlightening and it was a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, you guys, thank you so much for this. Take care. So be sure to subscribe at adulting.tv. You can see our audio podcast there. And of course, on Apple Podcasts, it's adulting.tv slash iTunes for a nice quick link to get you there. Of course, we're on YouTube as you are. If you're watching us, that's where you're watching us. So you can subscribe to us there as well. And of course, if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts, just go to adulting.tv slash ask and visit our community on Facebook as well. Hashtag adulting. Until next week, remember to behave like a grown up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.